Hi, I'm Katie, and I've been an educator for over 20 years, from paraprofessional to 10 years as a classroom teacher, to principal to district administrator, I've done it all. Being an educator right now is challenging, to say the least. No matter the role, we can find ourselves overwhelmed and stressed out. I've been there, and I found the secret to a work-life balance that improved my life. Join me in discovering simple secrets that will help you step away from the noise and improve your life. Happy Saturday, everyone. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. It is beautiful here today. Uh, and so I can just hardly wait to get outside and enjoy a little bit of this really nice weather uh, that doesn't always happen where I live. So I'm really excited to get out there today. So what I really wanted to talk about today is I'm reading a lot of things in media, social media, some of the educational publications that uh, I subscribe to about how we have many, many educators leaving the workforce. And some of the things that I've been noticing as the causes um, are things like the pandemic. Um, that combined with a lot of the historical issues such as lower pay. Uh, also, I'm seeing a lot of talk about how teachers aren't respected, uh, how their spirits are being killed by things that are going on in education. And it really, really concerns me because we need our educators. We need our teachers. They have such impact on student learning, such impact on molding what our future will look like, providing our students with critical thinking skills, with the education that they need to be super successful in their lifetime, which leads to the success of our society. And so it does concern me when I hear all of this talk about how many teachers are really quitting education and doing something else. So I wanted to address that a little bit today. Uh, if some of you may be sitting on the fence and wondering, you know, do you need to step back and reassess whether teaching is what you want to continue to do with your uh, future self? So I wanted to do an overview today of two things that I think have an impact on this decision that teachers are making. And those two things are limiting beliefs and negative thought patterns. So let me talk a little bit first about what a limiting belief is. And a limiting belief is really that deeply ingrained thought or belief that constrain our potential and really hinder our growth. So thoughts such as, well, I can't really do that, or I don't have the ability to do it, I don't have the power to do it. There's something that is limiting your ability to move forward with whatever it is we're talking about. And in this case, the limiting belief is I don't have the capacity to continue being a teacher. The other piece that often gets in our way are negative thought patterns. And so negative thought patterns are things, especially in teaching, that are things such as self-doubt, fear of failure, feeling overwhelmed. All of those are thought patterns that we get into often as educators that make what we do feel harder. Uh, 
and heavier. And between those two things together, like I have no control over what's happening right now in society. I have no control over what's happening in education since the pandemic. I have no control over what's happening with students and families since the pandemic. All of those limiting beliefs with the addition of feeling overwhelmed and having those negative thought patterns that I might not be able to do this you know, that self-doubt that maybe this isn't for me. All of those are leading to many of our educators throwing their hands up and saying, nope, sorry, teaching's no longer for me. And as I said earlier, that just really has me, first of all, it breaks my heart because we don't get into this for Uh, reasons such as, you know, that people often think we do, oh, we get summers off and, you know, we only work half a year. We all know that that is BS. We all know that is not why anybody ever got into teaching. And if for some reason somebody slipped through with that mindset, maybe they were done after the first year realizing that is not what teaching is about, right? We really are professionals that know what we're doing. We have education behind us that help us in best practices, not to say that we know it all and that what we're currently doing might not need to be shifted or refined. But we do have that thought pattern that we would like to be treated uh, with professionalism and with um, some honor and respect uh, that is deserving of this position. So I wanted to talk a little bit about how do we recognize when those limiting beliefs and those negative thought patterns are really at play in our mind. Because really, once we uh, recognize this, the other thing that we recognize is how these limiting beliefs and thought patterns actually have contributed to our lack of enjoyment and teaching and are actually impeding our professional growth in moving forward, especially now because we know that things need to shift a bit after the pandemic. They need to shift a bit uh, for our families, for our students. But we can look at that at one as in one of two ways. We can look at it as something we can figure out and we have the capability of figuring out, or we can look at it as something that we have no control over. And that's what starts to begin those negative beliefs uh, and leads us to considering leaving this industry, which is not something we want our teachers to feel or to do in the long run. Because quite honestly, there is an impact to our thought patterns that are these limiting beliefs and negative thoughts. And there is an emotional toll, right? Because when we have these limiting beliefs and these negative thought patterns, we start to feel more stressed, more anxiety, more emotional exhaustion as we're trying to get through our days. And that is not healthy for us right? Because we know that those things also lead to teacher burnout and this dissatisfaction we have in our teaching profession. So there is that emotional side of the impact. The other impact these things can have for many educators is it actually impedes our professional growth. We get stuck in these negative mindsets that 
it's not me that needs to change, it's everything else. And what happens then is that actually impedes our professional growth. So it leads to barriers to being open to professional growth. Uh, It leads to the uh, doubt in our ability or our fear of failure that to take on these new challenges and explore maybe something different than what we've been doing. And actually, ultimately, it really hinders our creativity, our innovation and risk taking in the classroom as we try and we become those scientists like we talked about before in what do we need to do differently. So those negative thought patterns and limiting beliefs really have an impact on our professional growth. I actually was reading something out of an educational um, journal the other day that did a longitudinal study on a group of teachers in a large, large school district. Uh, And what they found was when teachers didn't believe that they could have an impact using whatever professional development was being prepared for them and presented to them is a better word, they actually didn't implement. And, and that makes sense if you think about it. If I have that limiting belief that this isn't going to work or that negative thought pattern that, oh, they're just trying to push something new on me and I already know how to do this, then I'm not going to be as eager to step in and try something new. And again, those come back to those negative thought patterns and those limiting beliefs, which then obviously is going to lead to an impact on student outcomes, right? Because when you have negative beliefs about your abilities or the potential of your students in our situation, then we're less likely to implement any new professional development, which could actually be what is needed to help move our children forward, and then our student outcomes aren't what we want them to be. So as I was researching um, around these topics, I came across um, this list of kind of the the big eight, (laughs) right, of things that really are the big negative thought patterns that can impact well-being and effectiveness in the classroom. And so I thought uh, I would take us through a few of these bigger ones. A few of them we've talked about already. So the um, ones we've talked about already are like that fixed mindset, right? So we know when we have a fixed mindset that it is harder for us to move forward. It is harder for us to refine what we're doing. It's harder for us to think that we have any power over change, right? So that's one of them. The overwhelm and burnout. Yeah, overwhelm and burnout are a big one uh, that come from these negative uh, thought patterns that we have. But I, and catastrophizing, we talked about a few weeks ago, right? That I, that thought pattern that like has you imagining and dwelling on the worst case scenarios. And we talked a little bit about that with um, the language that we use. Uh, But the language that we use can somehow spin us into a more negative thought pattern where we start believing it is as dramatic as that and that really that we don't have um, power. We anticipate those worst outcomes 
Uh, we worry about being fired. We worry about disciplinary issues. We worry about those negative interactions with students and parents. And this is all kind of sourcing from those negative thought patterns that we have in our brain. So catastrophizing is really one of those um, kind of the, the big five, I'll say, because I want to take it down to that big five. So the other one, and I think um, they're, these three very much go together. And so I'm going to kind of let you know what they are first, and then we'll talk a little bit about each one in more detail. So self-doubt, perfectionism, and imposter syndrome. So let's think about that for a minute. Self-doubt, perfectionism, and imposter syndrome. Do you relate to any of those? Do any of those resonate with you a little bit? Do you recognize potentially you have some of that playing out um, in your thought patterns? And I will tell you the reason why I'm kind of glomming onto all those, those three in particular is because those are the three I continue to work on. So that's, that's the piece for as far as I've come in my journey in working and being aware, uh, trying to amend some of these uh, thought patterns that go in my mind, and then uh, affirm with a new thought pattern, new ones come up, right? So just when I think I've got the self-doubt uh, taken care of, like, nope, I, I know what I'm doing. Uh, I can do this effectively. I can make a positive impact. Uh, then there's something that comes up and they're like, oh, are you sure that you're knowledgeable enough? Are you sure that you're able to do that? Are you sure that you can meet the needs of all the people that you're working with? Those things continue to come up for me and I have to readdress them over and over. But I think again, that the, that first step, and I've said this before, is awareness. So where might self-doubt play in your practice and in your kind of thought patterns? And is that having an impact in the classroom? Perfectionism. Ooh, I like to describe myself sometimes as a recovering perfectionist. Uh, and I catch myself uh, still in areas where perfectionism starts to rear its head. Uh, and perfectionism is not a good thing. I'm just going to put that out there right now. It is not something anybody should strive for because it actually results in the opposite. It results in um, your inability to move forward in, in your thoughts around those unrealistic expectations that none of us can meet, right? So what that actually does is it leads to that self-criticism and that sense of never feeling good enough. And again, you fall into that spiral of I'm not good enough. I don't have control over this. Why am I doing this? And, or, or we start to, to blame and uh, give the responsibility of our practice over to somebody else. Again, not helping us in our classroom. So perfectionism, definitely something for you to stop and step back. And I will say, just in the um, educators that I work with and I interact with uh, throughout my career, throughout um, all the settings that I work with educators in, perfectionism is a big one. Uh, so just taking a step back and saying, where does perfectionism come? in my thought patterns. 
And where am I not giving myself the grace that I don't need to be perfect at this? Uh, Maybe it is in implementing a new piece of learning that has been provided to me. When I think that I'm expected to implement this perfectly the first time or the second time or the third time. Uh, 250 times is what it takes a normal learner to learn something new. And that's in students and in adults. So give yourself some grace there. Try to see where perfectionism might um, play a part in your thought process. And then there's imposter syndrome. Oh, imposter syndrome. So when we have imposter syndrome, we feel like there are not we're not qualified, we're not deserving of this position or this role, we worry that others might find out that we don't know as much as we think they think we do. Do you notice that? That we don't know as much as we think they think we do. Again, we are trying to get into other people's minds and, and determine what they're thinking, which we don't know. We never know what somebody's thinking, right? We only know what we're thinking. So imposter syndrome can really get in the way. And where I see that getting in the way a lot is in teachers that don't want others coming into their classroom. They have this fear that somebody may find out. Uh, that they don't know exactly what to do here, or they are struggling with something post-pandemic that they never had a problem with before. And that leads again to that fear, to that anxiety, to that overwhelm. So what if we all just believed that we can do what we can do right now, and it doesn't have to be perfect, It's my current state. And with that growth mindset, I can tell myself I can improve. I can get better. I can take a role in moving my practice forward. And I think that's where, again, when I see, especially I think it comes back to that um, study I was telling you about earlier with the teachers that didn't believe um, that their t- that their students were capable of learning and so were unwilling to um, refine their practice. Uh, it, it does come down to what we think about ourselves and others. And so as I have moved forward in my work, I have worked a lot on limiting beliefs. And I think that's that's really where it starts is in this area of limiting beliefs. What are the limiting beliefs that I might have right now? Do I have a belief that students post-pandemic are not able to learn at the rates that they were pre-pandemic? That's going to have an impact on what I'm trying to do in my classroom. That's going to have a limiting belief on what I think I should be doing in my classroom and might butt up against what others are asking me to do in my classroom. What if instead we thought a thought that students are students and the students in front of me, I have always met their needs 
And it might take a little bit more investigating. It might take a little more of doing things a bit differently than I did before. But I have the capability of meeting students where they're at right now and moving them to where they need to be by the end of the year. How does that feel when you think that? At first, it might feel like, mm, nope, sorry, Katie, that one, that's a no-go for me. That's not true. And I would invite you to consider that it is true. You do have an impact on your students. You do have the ability to move students forward. And if you had this growth mindset belief in your ability to move kids forward, I can tell you also from experience that it feels better too. Now, you're still going to have the other thought running in the background, that negative thought loop of whether it's the um, uh, imposter or that self-doubt or that perfectionism that gives you more of those thoughts of, well, I could think that if, uh, or if, if things were different, I could think that way, but right now I can't think that way. And you're still going to have to uh, be aware of those thoughts as well, right? Uh, we have thousands and thousands of thoughts every minute. It is, it is just incredible to me as I look at the brain science around um, growth mindset and uh, the thought patterns that we have. Just the idea that we have hundreds of thousands of thoughts every day and we are only aware of such a small number of them. That's the other piece. We are not aware of all the thoughts that we have. But what we know is that thoughts are there and thoughts impact the way that we feel very clearly. I can have a thought and make myself feel a certain way. And usually we tend to do that more in the, in the negative, right? Actors do this really well, right? Actors are able to have these thoughts that bring up these very uh, vivid emotions um, in their craft. But then when we have these thoughts and we have these emotions, then we're acting from that place of emotion. So if I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm acting in ways that result in me being overwhelmed and how going back to just really embedding that that original thought that original original limiting thought and limiting belief is in fact true because i've made it that self-fulfilling prophecy right when we've heard that before too so i think these were the pieces that i wanted to start with i wanted to really note that we have limiting beliefs we have negative thought patterns. They are very common. There is nothing wrong with us. That's the other piece we need to recognize. We all have them. There is not one person on earth who does not have a limiting belief and a negative thought pattern about something. Okay. But what we know is they can affect us and they can affect our career. They can affect our emotional state. And awareness, again, is that first step towards challenging and reframing these thoughts and limiting beliefs so that we can cultivate that more positive and growth-oriented mindset. It takes practice. And practice, really, is what I help my clients do. We dig deeper 
into the awareness first. But then, as I mentioned earlier, then we look at how do we amend these thoughts and we get into a more cycle of being aware and purposefully amending until we can get an, to a point where we can affirm that those new thought processes, I believe, right? They really are true for me. I'm starting to see the cycle of mindset success. So I always encourage you so much to reach out. You can email me, katie at thejoyfuleducatorllc.com. Reach out. Or you could go to my website, thejoyfuleducatorllc.com and click on that work with me tab, sign up for a quick little Zoom where we can talk through it face to face. Leave me a review here on this podcast that tells me what you thought about these ideas of limiting beliefs and negative thought patterns. There are so many ways for us to interact. There are so many ways that I am here, ready, and wanting so much to help you as you move through your journey of self-awareness and self-development. And if you are a teacher who is on the fence right now about whether you'll be returning in the fall, I really urge you to reach out and consider some of these things. You always have to do what's best for you. But what's best for our students is to have our amazing teachers to remain in this industry. All right. Thank you so much for spending time with me this morning. I can't tell you how much I deeply appreciate each and every one of you. Have an amazing rest of your weekend. Take care and I'll talk to you next week.